Karibu AMG Realtors. We have specialized in selling of land across the country in areas like Nanyuki, Naivasha, Nakuru, Juja, Kagunda Road, Malindi and the Abadeas. Contact us today for land investment solutions and have your title deed delivered within 60 days upon completion of payment. SMS AMG to 402 or call us on plus 254-748-229-941. AMG Realtors, we don't just deal in land, we deal in value. I want to thank you guys for joining the We Don't Play podcast show today. Shreya and Paul, how are you guys today? Good, thank you so much for having us. Doing amazing, excited to be here. Thank you, thank you. You know, I don't usually get a podcast episode where there are two people. The last time it happened, it was a while back. And whenever this happens, it's always a special moment. So I really appreciate your time and for being part of today's show as well. Um, hey, we're glad to do it. Anytime, anytime. So maybe we can start with you, Paul. Let us know who you are, what you do, and then we can go to Shreya, and then we can go into the questions for today. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm Paul Counts. Uh, I am the co-owner with Shreya of Marketing Counts, and uh, together we formed you know this company called Marketing Counts. And my journey actually started uh, back when I was 13. So really, my entrepreneurial journey started at second grade when I started selling pencils. Um, to kids that weren't prepared in class. So I go way back in marketing and sales and all that. Um, but at 13, I started to sell uh, T-shirts for a custom screen print embroidery company. And I kept telling the owner that, hey, you need to get a website. You need your own domain because I can't send the proofs. Because way back when I was using Hotmail and you couldn't attach the, the right size to show like, hey, this is what your shirt will look like. Finally, they get the website. There it was 13, 14. He's like, you need this web. You wanted this website. You learn how to market it. So then he paid me to market the website. I learned SEO marketing, digital marketing at a young age, and then kind of turned that towards uh, several big wins. And went on to teaching uh, marketing courses and my own um, trainings and things like that. And then Shreya and I, I went on and produced a feature film in 2015, and then I did another one in 2017, and then um, have continued on. Or it was 2018, I guess. And then have continued down this path, and Trey and I teamed up um, in 2018 to form our agency. So I'll let you tell her background. So I've got quite a years of marketing experience. Trey has got a different skill set, and together it makes kind of a one-two power punch. Yeah. So um, my background is not marketing at all. I was interested in it back in college, but I was doing mechanical engineering, and I was graduating. Back then, I did actually make some money on those um, Google ads, right? Yeah. And but again, graduating, everybody was like, go get a job. And so I did. So I had a good 12 plus year of corporate career where I was very, very heavily process based. I'm a lean six sigma black belt. All that means is if it's broken, I can fix it. <laughs> and my job was to go from facility to facility uh, to see if there was a gap, if they were not meeting the numbers, how can we get them back on track? What was broken? What do we need to fix? Part of the process, look at the whole picture. Um, so then when Paul and I met, well, actually, even before Paul and I met, uh, my son was born seven years ago. And even though I love my career, I love my job, I think everybody at some point in their life goes and looks for that work-life balance and goes, I need to figure this out because it's not working. Even though I love what I do, I want to make more time for my son because he would get sick. You know, he would go to daycare and miss out on those little moments. And I, I still remember I missed out on his first crawl. It's so sad. <laughs> So um, I went back to the internet marketing, what I was doing back in college, 
and uh, started doing that, did a couple of courses, uh, course launches, and uh, met Paul at a, at a live event that we were both at. And we both looked at each other and we're like, you know what, you have that background. He has a very in-depth marketing background because he's been doing it forever. Uh, and then I have a very process background, which could help grow. So we decided to kind of team up. We did a couple of product launches ourselves and, you know, made sure our partnership was good before uh, you dive in with anybody new, right? And then we said, hey, you know, we should start our company, Success Counts, and from there, Marketing Counts started. And now we work as fractional CMOs, so we go into companies and we build teams because the process we put in place, and this is a question we get asked all the time, is like, well, are you, have you ever worked with such and such? Have you ever worked with such and such, right? Like in that vertical. Um, like, have you ever worked with doctors or lawyers or this? What we actually do now is because of it's so much process based, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. We can apply it to any industry. And that kind of shows our client list too. We've worked with um, pretty much a lot of people. The only person I say that we're missing is a pediatrician. And I keep saying this, and I'm hoping someday we'll, we'll get that because we've been work, work with funeral directors. So everything in between, like from life to end of life, right? Like, I wanna say everything in between, if you use a marketing accounts process, uh, you could actually grow your business and see the difference in your marketing. Wow. Yeah. And this is the process we're gonna talk about today, which we're excited to share. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's a big thing when you think about marketing, processing, research and development strategies, content marketing, these are things that we talk about all the time, but people don't really pay attention to it until it, it means something to them. And sometimes when it means something to them, they probably have to outsource or do more research, which takes more time and more energy. And a lot of people don't know people like you that you know can easily help them fast track that process and also feel like there's much more behind the scenes rather than what you're seeing on social media or on, on search, you know. So when you think about yourselves as serial entrepreneurs and you think about influencing other people to do things that you tell them, hey, click here, buy now, you know, sign up, you know, enroll now, purchase now. It's, you know, 15 days in advance. Those things are always going to be coming to people like you're in a big Times Square center and everybody's just telling you everything at the same time. But some people need time to process. So when you think about, you know, what you've discussed right now, the, the letters FTE, you know, I want to really understand more about how this literally transforms a business or organization because influential marketing is important and it's as important as the conversions you're looking for predictably. So are you able to just give us some more information about the FTE process and how people are able to apply that to concepts in their workplace? Yeah, definitely. So FTE really, um, it stands for three different areas, right? So you have foundation, traffic, engagement. And this was the process Shreya created. So I'll have her share a little bit more as we dive in. But really, this is the formula that we've used. So a lot of people that hear FTE, they think full-time employee. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking <laughs> FTE in the sense of foundation, traffic, engagement. Because what we find is that if you don't apply the process that Shreya is going to share here, you're going to end up wasting money in ad dollars. You're going to spend a lot of money you don't need to. And unfortunately, in colleges, they teach people a traffic first mentality. So they tell you, I call it the spray and pray mentality. Like 
you know, throw money at something and then pray that it's going to convert or hope it converts, you know? Like, it's crazy. Like, why, why wouldn't you be strategic? Why wouldn't you make sure that landing page is set? And so, you know, we find that, you know, in colleges, they're teaching people that because they want to set you up to work for a large corporation that has billions of dollars to spend on marketing. Well, the average entrepreneur doesn't have billions of dollars to spend. So they need to make sure their marketing counts, lack of a better word. They need to make sure that it works. And so this is where FTE fits in. So Shreya, why don't you share the FTE formula that you created? Yeah, so FTE really is like, you know, Paul was saying traffic first mentality. Everybody, when they think digital media, think immediately traffic. I'm gonna run ads. I'm gonna go make five posts a day on social media and that's digital marketing. And it's not, that's towards the end of it if you have your foundation set. So we try to swap it and try to focus on foundation first mentality. And we actually teach this in colleges and high schools. So students actually use it and start seeing results, but then we would do it with all our clients. So foundation first mentality, all that means is having your website. So having a website or some sort of web presence where you can capture your audience's information. If you relate this to a um, offline business, you wouldn't open a store if you didn't have a, like if you're a brick and mortar business, right? You wouldn't open your stores if you didn't have any inventory to sell, right? You wouldn't open to your doors. You wouldn't advertise on the radio or like put signs up and on to get a billboard and say, hey, store's open, come on in, but you have nothing to sell. You have no way of capturing your, your audi- audience's information. Like you wouldn't do that, right? So why do that when you go digital? If you are promoting something, you're promoting yourself, building yourself brand even, even on, on social media, if you have no way of capturing the information, and when we say that, it's a simple lead page um, where you can capture the name and information. And I know everybody comes back and says, it's so boring, no one checks emails. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at any of the social media platforms that you go on, okay, TikTok, IG, Facebook, anything hot and hip and whatever is coming up today, uh, they all ask for your name and email. They don't ask for your social media handle for IG. They don't say, oh, hey, let's find out, you know, give me your social media handle for this particular. They don't. They ask for your name and email for a reason so that they can reach out to you without being dependent on any other platform. And that's exactly what we as a social, you know, as a, as a personal brand, as a small business, we understand that and do the same thing. Yeah. It's they've spent thousands billions of dollars on this research use it move forward right so that's what we mean by foundation you have to build your foundation then focus on the traffic run ads post on social media and the engagement piece is posting on social media and creating the relationship that you now have with your new traffic your new platform Um, so you have to like show them that you are human that you do care right but you can't do that in the beginning if you don't have your foundation and, and marketing, just to reiterate what Shreya said there again, marketing is not posting to social media. And I can't tell you how many business owners come to us and are like, I, uh, could you post us to social? We just had a call yesterday with the client. We actually turned him down. He goes, I would like to hire you guys to do social media. And then we'll talk about the other stuff like SEO and things. And we turned him down. We said, no, respectfully, we're like, we can't do that for you. Like, we're going to level with you. If we do that for you, you're not going to get results and you're not going to be happy about it. And also, he happened to be in a niche where social media made zero sense. Like, literally, it's it, there's some markets. I know it's a shock to people, but social media does not make sense. You know, like, and I'll give you guys a few examples. This wasn't the exact niche, but like insurance, right? If people want an insurance agent, I'm sorry, but you don't go on Google and go or go to Instagram and go, I'm going to follow all the insurance agents in the world because that's fun, you know? Like, 
it's not. You know, but they go to Google and you go car insurance, Seattle, Washington, car insurance, Kirkland, car insurance, whatever, you know, Chicago, wherever it is, right? You're going to Google that because you're looking for car insurance, but you're not going to go on Instagram and follow an insurance influencer because it's fun. Like you're just not going to see that. So there are certain niche markets where it may be a waste of your time to post 10 times to social media. It, it really, it really might be, you know? It, okay. Maybe not 10 times. Okay. It makes sense. But if you don't have the first piece of Google figured out. There's no point of being on social media. That's that's the part. Yeah, I mean, it's not saying that you can't, as part of your strategy, your engagement strategy, go in towards you know the social media you know strategy of like, hey, we're gonna engage, we're gonna share. Like we teach, we work with a lot of insurance agents, particular State Farm, and we teach them. We're like, be a person on there. Like it's great. You could say come in for a free quote all you want, but that eventually gets time hired to people yeah. so like if you're out in your local area and you're sponsoring a soccer team you're coaching a soccer share that you know share what you're doing in your life because it's more of a relationship building business at that point so there's certain industries where social media you have to be think outside the box and attract people differently than just sell 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 because that just doesn't work so that is so true the foundation is key and a lot of people don't yeah. they don't plan that foundation it's like trying to build a house and starting with the roof like it, right? it doesn't work that way, you know. You're not no. protecting yourself. <laughs> that's a great analogy. We have, we actually used to share the house analogy, so that's great you shared that because that's yeah, it is. It's true. It's like building with the roof and then hoping that the rest of it falls in place. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably yeah. gonna fall out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's a great point. Thank you so much for highlighting that. You know, you know. Now that you've mentioned it, one of the things that came to my mind too would be pet peeves you know what are the pet peeves that you know when it comes to marketing and implementation strategies because people say oh kim kardashian has 10 million 100 million followers so we're gonna you know promote our skin product or we're gonna promote something you know on the on the social networks but she's not kim kardashian's network is not your network if you go to a small business you know it's different now that i even hear nowadays that businesses even want to work with small brands or small businesses or micro influencers and the big bucks because when you think about that engagement rate from a two to five percent range and somebody who has a hundred million is getting one percent then you're much better working with someone that has thirty thousand followers and you're getting ten percent than working with a million followers and getting zero point nine percent so what are those pet peeves that people have to look out for in the industry yeah i would i would say two we just kind of alluded to one of our pet peeves. I mean, well, it's that social first mentality. Like everybody thinks digital, when they hear digital marketing, 90% of the time, because we hear this all the time, they assume it's posting to social media. They forget, like there's two different types of traffic. There is, there's problem solving, you know, tra- platforms. Well, platforms, I should say. There's problem solving platforms, such as Google, Pinterest, and YouTube, right? Where you're going to go search for these things. And then you've got the social connection platforms like your TikTok, your Instagram, your Facebook, right? That's where people go to hang out and connect. And so one of our biggest pet peeves is people want to go where all the, because it's all, it's sexy and exciting, right? So they want to go where people are, are hanging out, but they're not necessarily seeking you out. And we, you know, I would, we would much rather have our clients seek us out. Like if you go to Google and you type in what you want, you're pretty targeted. But if I target you on Facebook, I, it's a I'm hoping that I targeted you correctly you know it's a hope rather than I know that's what you want 
And so it's similar to what you just said about the micro influencers where if you're strategic about it, right? And you go for those micro influencers that are fit your niche market rather than saying, I'm gonna go for Kim Kardashian because she's got all these millions of followers, you know? And you're gonna save up all this advertising dollar to have somebody like her send out an IG post for you. Well, that's probably gonna fall on deaf ears because it's not targeted. So if you actually go for the targeted people, like you said, the engagement rate could be 100 times, 10 times, you know, whatever it is that you would see. And I'd rather get people that, you know, are more interested in in dogs than just Kim Kardashian because she's got a huge following. And that's kind of, I'm glad you mentioned that because that to me is one big pet peeve and um, that'd be a big one. What do you say, Sherry? I was going to say not building your own audience. Yeah. On email. Okay. Yes, you can build your own audience on IG and TikTok all day long. You, you know, yes. But you don't own that audience. You don't. It's not your audience. It's, you know, it's TikToks. <laughs> they yep. can change the algorithm any day. They could, you know, and then you'll be gone. Just, you can't do anything about it. And even as a small business, if you're hiring somebody as a, as a micro-influencer to, to make the make a promotion for you you need to have that foundation like you know in place so that you're capturing name and email not their ig handles not liking your page on facebook or you know none of that or not just going directly to your website where they can make a purchase that's that's fantastic fantastic but you have to capture their contact information first because if you capture the email that's an asset you own if you ever decide to sell your business you could sell that right you can't sell your IG following. Um, no, so you can pass it along, but you don't own it outright. In fact, they even say in their terms you can't sell it, but people do. But like, at the end of the day, that's like, you know, you can't. Like, it's not your asset. It's, oh, it's owned by Meta, you know, it's not owned by you. Exactly. So that's right. important distinction. And an email, which people, First of all, they don't build it. And second of all, they dismiss it. <laughs> Even if they have it, they don't want to email it. It's the highest converting form of traffic. And people don't look at it that way, but it's the highest converting because they're your followers. They know and trust and like you are already. It's something that people need to start focusing on. Yeah. And some people might argue, well, what about text messaging? Well, texting has its place, but that's also very limited, right? So if you do text campaigns, you're limited to how many sends you can do. You're limited to FCC you know requirements you have to opt in opt out correctly it works it works and i'm not we're, we use it it's just that you have to be very strategic so it's not something you just willy-nilly just go i'm gonna take text and start texting like you know it takes there's a lot of energy and effort that goes into that to do it right so that's also its own plus there's windows of when you can send and can't send and like you know legally without making people upset and and good luck if you get international phone numbers on there then you're right are gonna go higher like it's so you know there's a lot of people that say I'll just do texting I'm like well that works to a point but you still got a layer in that email part and a great example of this would be any but you see uh, this happened with reality show stars or right now it's it's very relevant with college athletes with the name image likeness movement um, here in the states where they allow college athletes to use their name and image to actually market products right so college athlete that has a good following they can market their products or products for like a car dealership, let's say. Well, the problem with that is that they do exactly what Shreya was talking about. They just 
build their social media following because they get all this attention. So everybody goes and looks them up on Instagram and starts following them. If you go to their IGs, none of them, hardly any of them, are actually taking them from Instagram in their bio box. Like we love Instagram too, we use it. But what we try to do is move them off of Instagram. Hey, download our free report, download our free offer, you know, those kind of things, right? It's in our bio. It's not just to our website, it's to an opt-in or lead magnet. And so, so many of these people, they build this huge fence. the show, excitement of the show wears out. The excitement of the, you know, the athlete moves on from college, no longer famous. And now they've got a following that doesn't really know them. Had they built their email list or their own personal audience, they could have scaled and grew. But now they're stuck because now people are like, oh, you're not relevant anymore on Instagram or Instagram changes their algorithm and they're toast. So we see this happen time and time again. You know, It's not that we're against social media. We love it. It's got its place. You just got to be strategic about it. And that's our pet peeve is like, be smart. It's got its process. It's not, it's not the first thing you do. Set your foundation, build that list. And that's, that allows us, and I'm going to give a bonus pet peeve. Our bonus pet peeve would be if you're talking to a marketing agency and you bring up to them, like, have you worked in this vertical or this niche market? That's a big pet peeve because honestly, if you're going to work with any marketing people that are worth their weight, a marketing person should be able to work in any niche market because it comes down to having the right process. And you don't want to stick with people that are only know how to market in one niche market because the reality is that's all they know. They don't have any other ideas from other niche markets that could have worked. So you're really pigeonholing yourself. And we see this time and time again. You could give them the longest list, even have curriculum in high schools, and they're still going to go, well, have you worked with this particular industry? Well, no, but we worked with 10 that are similar, but they still don't get it. They don't get that correlation. It's very closed-minded thinking, you know. That's so true. That is 100% true. Because now, as, yeah. you, you, as you guys were mentioning this, what came to my mind was, oh, okay, should we do first, last name, email, first and last name, email, or just first name, email? Because that also goes into a way of that exchange, because it's a transaction at this point. It's not monetary, but it, it, mm-hmm. it could get there. So do you think it's better for people to do first name, email, or first name, last name, email? first name email usually so and, and that's because then you can like do the mail merge rights and personalize the message exactly. and the more information you ask on the front end because remember you like you said you're we're still not in a transactional phase yet so you don't ask for everything right you you haven't had the first date yet so you gotta like ease into it so start with name email name email don't or first name email don't go for the whole because you can collect the full name when they buy your product later and that's something to keep in mind, right? We actually tested it. You get much better conversion rates the less information you ask for. And so we see people that have tried to apply what we teach too, and then they actually do, and they ask for a name, email, phone number, and then four other things, and you're like, they, you don't need to give, don't, don't do the address right now. Like, don't, you don't need their address. Like, wait till they're buying a product. Then you can, large corporations do this a lot. It's really funny to watch. Like, they'll, they'll say, download our digital white paper, they call it, you know, so, so old school. And they'll, and they actually will make a business, fill out 10 fields. And it's like, what if you just collected the name and email and then build that relationship when the time's right, you know? But why did you need their address? You don't need their address to send them a PDF. Like, you know, like you got to be logical. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that is a good one. Thank you for bringing that up. Because when you look at people doing ads and you see, oh, first name, email, 
um, last name, phone number, address, um, <laughs> what state are you in? Like, it's, it's, yeah. the, it's like I'm answering a, it's like an interview now. And I feel like I'm now being pressured instead of just giving in to getting that one PDF that could be one page, <laughs> you know? It's, right. It's, yeah. It's getting, so getting that info. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, we work with uh, certain accounts and, you know, a large account and, you know, national organization. And, and we see them do this all the time where they actually ask for 16 pages of information or some crazy amount before they even get to the email. I'm like, why don't you reverse that, ask the name and email up front. Then if they abandon the process, you can follow up with them. Right. And get them to do the rest like you you know people get distracted you know we're in the trade coins it really well the TikTok generation you know? people are like, <laughs> we're all it we're it yeah. we're it yeah we're in that generation 30 second attention span you know like <laughs> yeah it's so true they yep. call it the microwave society you know it's just quick yeah. pick it up and go you know there's nothing else to look out for before you had to wait for your favorite show to come on TV now you just rewind or record it when you're working or sleeping. It's it's such a different world right now. <laughs> so different, yeah. Oh yeah, no, so different. You can binge it all at once and watch everything at once if you want to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know that also brings me to the next question, which is about business marketing, because a lot of businesses, you know, just based on research, I I've gotten to see that a majority of small businesses in the United States do not have a website. They, you know, they depend on social media, social traffic. They're like, oh, I'll, I'm on Instagram. I'll, I'll make a post on Instagram today and I'm okay. You know, I don't need to post anymore on Instagram because I posted one reel or I posted one carousel, you know. But if you think about business long term, like, you know how Apple, Amazon, they think in decades. They think in 10-year increments. So, right. So how do small businesses think like that or shape themselves to model th those kind of practices whereby they can promote their business instead of promoting a hobby? Yeah, I, I think it comes down to, um, you know, understanding your market, right? Understanding who you are. So what we're teaching, it's not sexy. It's not attractive. You know, we don't we don't bring the the exciting part of marketing, we bring the part that works, right? The part that's gonna count and build their business, right? And so we focus with our clients on what's called a customer avatar. We just did a training on this recently and it's so important for businesses and that's really where you hone in on who is your target market. And it's shocking to think how many people go into business and don't know, like we just worked with a group of entrepreneurs, nobody had ever done this exercise. They think they know, but until you really narrow it down, you don't know who you're speaking to. So understanding your messaging is going to be critical and that's going to allow you to grow because then you can have the proper messaging on your website, on your opt-in pages, on your emails. It all It's going to kickstart all that. So, you know, it's really important to know who they are and, and, you know, it's very critical to know who your audience is. What do they want? Where do they hang out? What solution do you solve? What solution do your product solve? Those kind of things are important for people. Yeah, we also say that it's okay to have multiple audiences. So, a lot of time people say, "Hey, my product's for everybody. Everybody should use it." That's about the biggest mistake to, to do because now your your message is watered down. Even for example, I I like to use the toilet paper now. Just somebody use it. Somebody yeah. used a gas station the other day, but I'm gonna stick with the toilet paper. Toilet paper's for everybody, right? 
they could say that, but then there's so many different brands. Some brands are really nice and comfy and plush and soft. They advertise differently than the cheap brands that, you know, somebody who might be, so they're two different customer avatars and whichever route you go, you need to, it's okay to have two different person, but name them, name one avatar, Paul, and name one avatar, Shreya, like, and then market and talk directly to them. When you're talking to Paul, talk directly to Paul. Don't think about Shreya. When you're talking to me, talk directly to me. That way I'm going to relate to it more to that particular brand and say, okay, you know what? I really like Charmin. So I'm just going to go with just them because that's, they talked to me, they connected with me. Um, so that's the diff- that's the difference. Like you could have multiple audiences, you can have multiple avatars that you're targeting. Just make sure that you know exactly what they want. And once you have one or four or five figured out, you know, talk to them differently. Right. So that's a great point, and that's really important. Is know who you're speaking to, and that's that's gonna lay the foundation, if you will, for the rest of your marketing. That's so critical. That is so true. Now, you know, when you mentioned this, I was now gonna ask myself and ask you know you as well, so the audience can also think about this process too. Would be should a business that's starting or a business that is in the process of growing. Should they depend on paid advertising holistically, 100%, or should they have like the Pareto principle and apply that organic and also paid strategy model? What is the best way for people to accelerate their business? It's a mixture of both. You need both. So paid traffic, yes, it is a little bit faster because you can turn on traffic immediately. You can start getting right. traffic tomorrow if you want. Right. But it's still, in order to get a really well good campaign, it's going to be three to six months in order for you to dial in, figure out exactly, get a little cost per click. So yes, it's going to be three to six months or, or two to three months at least to get you perfect. Organic traffic, you're not going to get traffic tomorrow, <laughs> unfortunately. But when I'm talking traditional SEO, maybe on, um, if you make a post, if you have a large following already on, you know, make a post on IG, you might get traffic to it. That's organic post. But what's going to happen with SEO, for for example, in your three to six months when you start ranking, you're gonna you won't be able to turn that traffic off. So you need a mixture of both. You're gonna take that much time to to optimize both campaigns, both SEO and paid ads. It's gonna take you about you know three to six months anyway. But it both is needed because you're targeting and getting them from different point of your customer journey map in order to be successful. Yeah, it's very, very, very important to, to kind of use them both and use the right traffic source because some of your audience might be on Pinterest. We work with a client where their account, it's you know Pinterest and Google Shopping are their plus organic. Those are their like course traffic. Not as much Facebook, but we've worked with others where Facebook makes sense for them. So you have to go like think about that also comes back to that avatar, right? Like knowing who you're speaking to, because then that's going to determine where you should market. So, you know, it's one thing to say, hey, we need to be advertising here on and some some brands we work with. LinkedIn makes sense, even though it's expensive, but it makes the most sense for them. So it's you got to make sure you know who you're speaking to, then that'll dictate which platform. But you do need that mixture for sure. That's true. You know, like now it's good that you mentioned Pinterest because we also help, you know, clients with Pinterest SEO and make sure that the advertising is done correctly. Because if you have if you're a product business and you're promoting on Instagram shopping, yeah, it could work. But people go on Instagram to 
see things they don't go to yes. buy things you know Hang but, out. yeah right but pinterest is like that is the that's the goal inspiration you know that whole ida concept the framework you know attention interest desire action that is all pinterest mm-hmm. that's where you want to be but if you're on linkedin it's about nurturing being a thought leader so like your context even your copy changes so like how does in how does yes mindset yep it really does yeah you know like how does mindset influence the marketing because if somebody's thinking pinterest they have to think like somebody who's using pinterest if you're on linkedin you can't be thinking like someone's using tiktok so how does that marketing influence the copy and the, the call to action yeah it's it's knowing your your audience like you you nailed it there it's knowing that you know, on LinkedIn, you've got to be slightly different messaging. And so it's knowing who is on those platforms and understanding. So even doing some basic research on Pinterest demographics, LinkedIn demographics, Facebook, it'll be an eye opener for you, right? Not only are you going to niche down your own business, but understanding those, just Google search it because those, you know, some of the data changes here and there. But you can just search LinkedIn demographics. You'll see all sorts of information about who's on LinkedIn. And so your mindset really needs to be okay. What platform am I on? And then the other, take it another step when it comes to marketing. Anything to do with marketing, your mindset's so important because most likely your first campaign's gonna fail. Like, you know, not to be a Debbie Down or anything, but it's gonna it's gonna happen, you know? Most likely it will fail. So people need to realize like you can't just take your ball and go home the first time your strategy doesn't work. Uh, otherwise, you're, you're not going to make it. You will not make it in marketing or business, like in the story. Like it's just, you might as well pack it up now if you think your first campaign is going to be a success. So like, if it is, great, good for you. You, you know, and then your next one probably won't be. Those things where you got it, you're going to get knocked down, you get up again, that's marketing, you know? And so, and nobody can guarantee like I had somebody once ask me, that's the funniest question. One of those really funny questions you get asked in marketing was, you know, hey, can you create a viral video for me? Um, I want to pay you to make me a viral video. And what? I was like, really? I was like, well, they're like, well, other agencies told me they could. And I was like, well, they're full of it because they can't. <laughs> Nobody can guarantee. I was like, trust me. I said, I would just be going and making viral videos all day if I could make anything go viral. You can't. Like, mm. you know, like, look at what does the fox say? You know, a lot of people think that was all they did. You know how many songs they did before they released that? They had a ton of songs. Like, that one just hit and went crazy. They had other songs that are equally as funny, if not funnier, that didn't go anywhere. Nobody knows about them, you know? And so you just don't know. Like, you can't, you cannot create that. So your mindset really has to be. I've got to be consistent. You have to have a consistency mindset. And that's so key because, you know, that's your mindset really has to be, I'm going to put this out because if you put out a hundred videos, that 98th video might be the one that hits or gets you a a ton of buzz, Right. you know, or that's, it's that hundredth email that all of a sudden closes that deal. I mean, you know, it just, you just don't know. So you got to be consistent. That's big. Thank you so much for highlighting that because mindset is everything. And if you have the right mindset, then, you know, whenever you are creating content for people, you are giving the best information forward. And that also allows someone to feel that expression and give you that engagement back. That's where that engagement reaction and, you know, return on your investment, whether it's your time, your money, your energy, that's really where it applies, you know, most importantly. And, you know, for businesses, you know, they have different positions. People wear different hats. 
you know, as a small business too, but how can you position your business as a leader, especially in a, a time like now where we have crowded marketplace, there's Facebook marketplace, like <laughs> there's everything around, you know, but how does someone position themselves where they don't feel overwhelmed or they don't feel underachieved? I would say, you know, focus on your foundation. A lot of businesses don't do that. They come and go. They, they're really big on IG. IG changes the algorithm. They're gone. That's it for them. Or they're restarting. So focus on your foundation. That's what's going to make you a leader, you know, 10 years down the road, five years down the road when you're making your business plan. Have that a key piece in there to focus on your email list and start communicating and building a, a relationship with your followers inside your email list. Because that's something that you have control over. That's something that, you know, will stay no matter what platform you use going forward. Facebook might not stay. Well, it's going to stay, but I'm, you know, just saying. Uh, the, for example, Clubhouse last year was a big hit and then it went away, right? It might not always stay. You can go jump from one new platform to another, build your stuff, but your email list is going to stay. And that's your audience. That's what's going to sustain your business going forward. So that's, you kind of have to do that if you haven't already started. That's big. That's really big. Thank you so much for highlighting that. And if there's one thing that you leave the audience with today, based on what you've discussed, if there's one thing they have to take away that is most importantly fundamental to their success, what would that be? Consistency. You have to be consistent. We work with so many amazing people. And you know how when you get those jitters, like, oh my God, I'm meeting someone famous. Oh, they're so amazing. There's nothing amazing about them. They're just consistent. That's what I've noticed. There's nothing amazing about them. They're just like you and me. They're just consistent and they do it. So if you're just consistent and you do it, you're going to be in the same spot. Yep. So true. Yeah, I mean, I can't put enough weight on consistency and what it's meant to my business. I mean, you know, don't the, the other the other big takeaway and the other big thing is do do the work. You know, don't just listen to a podcast and don't implement. Don't just read a book and don't implement. Like the people that win are are going to implement consistently. You know, those are that's the difference. Like, you know, you see the guys in professional sports too that are are crushing it. They're amazing. They're the best of their game. And everybody's like, oh, they just have so much raw talent. It's like, no, they've practiced that throw millions of times. Like, they've thrown the ball so many times to get it right, you know. So it's just repetitive, being consistent. We're not – we're all humans. Everybody's capable of great things. You just have to be, you know, keep doing it. So Exactly. Consistency is the key, and that is what everybody has been hearing. It sounds like it's just thrown everywhere, but if you actually consider what you're hearing – then it's going to take you a really long way, you know, in a long term, you know, span because businesses, you know, you can start today and some businesses fail because they don't have that foundation, like you've said. Right. And without that foundation, you can't really build anything around it because there's nothing to build upon. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really a fundamental practice that everyone should take home. And you guys brought the heat. So I really appreciate you Thank guys you. for being here. <laughs> yeah. Anytime. Thank you so much. Anytime. If there's one place they can find you or options they can actually connect with you, um, what are the options they have available to stay in touch with you? Yeah, so they can find us at marketingcounts.com or they can send an email if they have any questions about the show or anything at 
at workwithusatmarketingcounts.com. So either one of those will connect. Yeah. Amazing. And then you'll find our social on our website, but we don't share it right out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? You have to come to the house to get the food. You can't get the food outside That's the house. That's <laughs> right. Come to the house to get the food. I like that. <laughs> That's great. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paul and Shreya, for being on the show today. I appreciate you guys, and I definitely look forward to bringing you guys back. All right. Thank you again. All right. You're welcome. (laughs)